0: welcome to Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. I'm Daniel Connolly here with Megan Gower. The WNBA season kicks off on Friday and Saturday. Plenty of UConn players on the rosters, as always, not as many as maybe we expected or thought there could be, but either way, we're getting a better idea of what the rosters are going to look like. Before we get to who's where, we will start with the players that aren't currently on a roster. Two players with UConn ties have been cut. One was a major surprise. The other was somewhat expected for reasons we'll get into. Well, let's start with the surprising one. Crystal Dangerfield, the 2020 Rookie of the Year, someone who looked like they could be a cornerstone for the Lynx, gets waived. What was your initial reaction to that news?
1: I was very surprised by that move. It basically seems like the Lynx waived both Dangerfield and then Legic Clarendon to re-sign all Odyssey Sims, which just is a mood that does not make a lot of sense to me at all in terms of <laughs> your point cards, but it is, I guess, what it is. Um, and usually Cheryl Reeve was a coach that I like. feel like he, her moves tend to make sense, so definitely a shocker there, but really unfortunate for Crystal. I do think that she's probably got a good, decent chance of, you know, getting picked up elsewhere. She's Rainy, or 2020 rookie of the year has clearly proven that she can play at this level
0: yeah that was the thing that surprised me it made me like reevaluate for a second i was trying to think did she have a really bad second year is there like something that i'm missing here like is it xyz and no it seems to be one of those borderline shocking moves but also a little bit of salary cap finagling. It seems like they did this in part, not if not fully, but in part because of the salary cap at least.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. Partially, but not entirely, I think, because Crystal, I think, would still be cheaper than any of the, the guards that they kept. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure of the motivation for the move.
0: Or did she come in out of shape or something? Like I I don't know what the answer is, and I think. Cheryl Reeve did talk to the media I didn't see what she said but
1: I think I saw something along the lines of Crystal didn't do anything wrong it just like it was what it was type thing so
0: okay so that just makes it infinitely more confusing as to why they would have decided to cut her but like you said it does seem like it does seem like she's gonna end up landing somewhere I can't imagine of all the teams in the WNBA especially like Atlanta or the Fever or the wings, these teams that aren't going to be very good. Why would you not bring in a player who's proven to be pretty good at this level, who is at least going to be a solid player for you? Why would you not give it a shot? Especially because like you said, she's probably not going to cost too much. So I think teams are still trying to finalize the roster. So we'll see exactly how it plays out, but I can't imagine she's going to end up without a job somewhere.
1: Yeah. And she got waved yesterday. I think it was, so she should clear waivers by Thursday, I think. I think it's two days which means Someone else can pick her up. So I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked to see her on a opening day roster, whether it's someone else picking her up for a spot for the season or someone picking her up on a, a hardship waiver for players that are injured or not back from overseas, etc.
0: Yeah. I, it may, even if it's not immediately, I think it's probably going to come sooner rather than later. Right. Yeah, I would expect so. The second cut is less surprising also in the similar vein as salary cap. And we talked about her last week about how she's probably going to have an uphill battle to make a roster or to make this roster just because of the way that it's set up and how tight they are to the cap. But the storm did wave Avina Westbrook, even though she had a pretty good preseason had a game winner for them just didn't work out numbers wise and they could have done some finagling to make it work, but you know, they decided to keep it the way that they do. I think this one was probably expected just again, because of the way the numbers played out and less because of the way that Avina played during the preseason.
1: Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately with like the way the contracts are structured right now and the cap situation, most players or most teams are really only able to keep 11 players on their roster instead of the 12 maximum. And I think I Avina's mean, just a a victim of that situation. And then also Mercedes Russell, who would probably be the starting center for the Storm, is currently injured and they ended up signing Rashonda Gray. And then, I mean, that's just not a role that Avina can fill, but it's one less
0: spot for someone else. As we've talked about all preseason during when we've talked about the WNBA the way that the rules are with the rosters and the salary cap and the fact that it feels like most teams in the WNBA are going to be rolling with 11 players or 10 players or whatever it is because of the salary cap. And because they can't fit everyone on, if it was one or two teams having this issue, that's poor management. But if it's the entire league is running into the same issue, you should probably take a step back. If you're the league, reevaluate and figure out a way To make sure that every team can capitalize on the talent pool available on top of, you know, the separate discussion of should there be expansion, which the answer is yes, or should you add some more roster spots to which the answer is also yes, in order to get more players onto rosters, but just the fact that teams aren't even using the 12 spots allotted to them, you have to fix the salary cap and the way that all of that is managed before you can start adding in new teams or before you can start adding in new roster spots, because it's just, it feels so amateur and not like a professional league is supposed to operate when things like this happen
1: yeah exactly i mean you're talking about a team like seattle that's only using can only use 11 spots and sue Bird is literally making the vet minimum like she signed a tiny contract to make room so like it's just insane how crunched things are i think that just pointed out really well you've got super only making seventy two thousand dollars.
0: yeah sue Bird, you know <laughs> one of the best players in league history
1: yeah. And like, obviously that was a you know, a, by design to get the best talent I could for the year to try to win it all versus last year, but still it's just insane.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's less about Sue bird and more about the fact that you have one of your best players on the team only making that much, and you still don't have the room to take on anyone else. So ridiculous. And even Brianna Stewart was calling it out today and when the best player in your league is saying that things need to be fixed that's <laughs> that's not a good thing and the way that she put it is the salaries went up but they have such a hard cap and such a restrictive cap that teams can't really finagle it whereas the NBA or the NFL or even Major League Baseball that doesn't even have a true cap there's lots of ways to massage that number and there's lots of ways to kick the can down the road or any of those sorts of things. It doesn't seem like there's any way to do that in the NBA. And Stewie's suggestion was they need to do something before the next CBA, which is that 2026, 2028?
1: I forget. It's one of those two. Either way, too far off to be waiting for
0: Yeah. It. So she thinks that rookie contracts should have a certain, I don't know, clause to them where they can be called practice players or They don't hit the cap, which makes sense. Why are rookies counting against the cap when they're the ones that are getting cut the most? If you can have, I mean, or maybe you have three spots for rookies or something. So that a team like the Indiana fever, that doesn't know what it's doing just loads up on rookies every year and has no expenditures on contracts. I feel like you need to have a certain baseline, but not having rookie contracts hit the cap makes sense. And it gets more players into the league. And even if just someone like Avina Westbrook is on a roster for a year and doesn't even play that much, she's going to be so much better going into the second year she gets released or she goes into training camp with someone else than whatever rookie might be replacing her. So it just helps build the talent if the rookies can stay around and play in the WNBA and be around the WNBA and all things like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's definitely hurting the development of the younger players in the league and players that clearly have potential to be in the league. I mean, there's first round picks that are being waived uh, this year and first round picks from last year that are being waived. So it's hurting the development to not allow those players to have a way that they can at least be practicing with the teams, be on the rosters, be around the league. Like, yes, you can go abroad and you can develop your game when you're up, but it's, it's not the same experience.
0: She also mentioned that it's not a league with 12 teams and 144 players, it's more like 133, which again kind of brings it back to the same point that you know, expansion and larger rosters aren't good in prac or are good in theory, but you actually need to have the tools available to you to put them to practice properly. Have you ever heard of an NBA team or an MLB team or an NFL team not using their full allotment of roster? of roster spots because of the salary cap. Maybe it happens once every couple of years, but I don't know, off the top of my head, I don't know any situation where a team's dealt with something like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't follow those leagues closely enough to know, but it just, it seems odd. And it seems like at this point it's getting to a point where you've got players, not just rookies, but then players that have clearly proven that they are, are capable of competing in the WNBA that can't find a roster spot.
0: Yeah. Something needs to change. And I think the league is at a point where it needs expansion regardless. I don't think expansion for the sake of roster spots is the way to go, but I think there are markets and there are cities that probably want to have a WNBA team and the leagues just stood pat for a while that would inherently help with the problem, but there's still other things that you need to fix. It's just, the WNBA again, as we've said before, always seems to shoot itself in the foot at every possible turn, which is just not a great way to grow the league.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think too you're losing the fact that like when you you're bringing in draft players that have followings from college and like can't make a roster, like it hurts. You're trying to grow the fan base right now too. It's still a really young league, and I think a lot of these things are also hurting the league in this term of its growth and its development.
0: Right. I mean, one random person on Twitter does not amount to much of anything, but one person replied to my tweet earlier today that Avina got cut and mentioned something along the lines of, I don't really understand why these rosters are so weird. So it's not really a lead that I want to follow. And that does kind of make sense. If players are just being cut left and right for no solid reason, that's not going to keep many fans around.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that has to be a consideration too, and especially in such a
0: young lead. Moving on to the players that are actually on rosters. We'll run through them quickly. So the Atlanta Dream has Tiffany Hayes. Megan Walker is also still on the roster. It's possible that changes before the regular season begins or even not long into the regular season. The defending champion, Chicago Sky, Azrae Stevens is still there. The Dallas Wings have Mariah Jefferson, the Los Angeles Sparks, Katie Lou Samuelson, who hasn't been in training camp yet. She's still in Europe, and Olivia Nelson Adota, who at the time of recording, 640 on Wednesday night, still on the roster. The Minnesota Lynx have just Nafisa Collier now. And Nafisa Collier is due at the end of May with her baby. So it's still a question mark of whether or not she's even going to play this season. That hasn't been decided. Steph Dolson is getting ready for her first year with the New York Liberty. The Phoenix Mercury have the most former Huskies of any team with Tina Charles, Kia Nurse, and the legendary Diana Taurasi. The Seattle Storm now just have, they actually have as many as Phoenix (laughs) with Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart and Gabby Williams. I hadn't looked at the storm when I said that, and I was thinking Avina was still there and I just hadn't deleted her yet. And then I forgot that I didn't, or that I did already delete her. So both those teams out West have three Yukon players each Then the Indiana fever who are currently it's debatable whether or not they're even a WNBA team. They have at least one WNBA player Bria Hartley. And then the Las Vegas aces have Kia Stokes under contract. Although she is still in Europe as well, according to something that I read earlier. So she's not with the team yet overall. That is. 16 players currently on rosters that could change depending on if crystal or Avina get picked up. If Megan Walker or someone else gets released like Olivia Nelson, the the only two teams right now that don't have a former Yukon player are the Washington mystics who did draft Kristen Williams. And it seems like she'll be sticking around with them for a little bit and the Connecticut sun, which is a little bit ironic because obviously they are in Connecticut. So What is the biggest storyline in terms of former Huskies in the WNBA going into the season?
1: I mean, I think it obviously just has to be, but it's super, it's last year. Yeah. That's (laughs) it.
0: Yeah. That is a pretty easy one. I don't think it's confirmed that it's her last year, right? Or is it? I thought I read something that, you know, she kind of backed off on it being definitely her last year.
1: Oh, I missed that if it did happen. I mean, I think all things are pointing to it to being her last year, especially I it was kind of like, it seems like she was on the fence about even coming back this year. She signed the, the minimum contract for the year to go out. I feel like it's her last one. I could be wrong. I thought, it, I feel like it's her last.
0: No, it it does really have the vibe of a farewell tour. And it does make sense. She's at that age. How much more is there for her to really accomplish, especially after, winning gold at the Olympics last year. She's got Brianna Stewart back for one year. It seems like that may very well be as long as Brianna Stewart's gonna be in Seattle. And Gabby Williams is a newcomer there as well after sitting out last year's WNBA season to focus on her international career with the French national team. They have Brianna Stewart. If Brianna Stewart's healthy, they should be title favorites. Change my mind.
1: I'm not going to try to change your mind. I think they are the favorites. I think they've got a really good roster. I guess the one thing they don't have is like a star center, other than Brianna store, but she's not really playing at the five in the WNBA level. So that's like the one hole in their roster, but I still think they're probably the favorites to win the title. And if Brianna store is healthy, I won't be surprised at all if they do do that.
0: Let's jump from One Western superpower to the other. The Phoenix Mercury, Diana Taurasi, still Diana Taurasi. Sounds like she's not planning on hanging it up anytime soon. Kia Nurse recovering from a torn ACL. And one of the bigger pickups in the league this offseason, Tina Charles heading out west after spending last season with the Washington Mystics. The big news hanging over the league, and specifically the Phoenix Mercury right now, is Brittany Griner, who's being detained in Russia over allegedly carrying vape cartridges that contain hashish oil, which is derived from marijuana. I cannot pretend to be an expert in the case or exactly what is in the vape cartridges or anything like that. But if we're just going to talk basketball, having Tina Charles is a pretty good way to survive a potential Brittany Griner absence, isn't it?
1: It is, and they also have not UConn, but Brianna Turner, who's been really great for them um, at Notre Dame the last few seasons. So I think they're not in any by any means in a bad situation at the front court, despite the fact that they won't have Brittany Griner for the time being. Hopefully, they will have her sooner rather than later, but probably at least start the season that is not going to be an option.
0: Right, and even if she got returned today, I can't imagine she's in total basketball shape so it would take some time to get her to that level as well are they legitimate title contenders though because last year they got to the finals got beat pretty thoroughly by the chicago sky do you see them able to contend for a championship this year
1: i still think they have some question marks in the third guard position like you have dt and you have skylar Diggins smith but i think just that that third's starter position in the backcourt is I don't know I'm not saying they can't get there but I think they've got some question marks still.
0: it feels like it would take Diana Taurasi doing a Diana Taurasi type thing in order for them to pull something like that off and it's probably fair to question if she could even carry a team like that at this point in her career is that fair
1: yeah and actually i'm retracting my earlier statement because i forgot the diamond and shields is on the roster now so I actually, <laughs> I actually retract that they do have an answer at the three so never mind i'm still trying to keep keep up with everyone that moved through the off season. so never mind they are legitimate title contenders so I, I take it all back
0: <laughs> okay there you go a live on-air retraction i am very excited i'm going to be going to the sun games where both the uh storm and mercury come into town very excited for those two occasions i bought a jonquil jones jersey just for for these four games
1: which and which also
0: did you get unsupp-
1: the, the blue one or the orange one
0: i got the blue one because i also got a wnba hoodie on sale at the exact same time. So I figure I have the orange with the WNBA hoodie and the blue one, which just fits my own color palette way better than orange. I don't own anything that is orange besides the WNBA hoodie, which is supposed to be arriving by the end of the day today. And FedEx is telling me that it's still in North Attleboro. So I don't really love that possibility of it coming by the end of the day. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) But actually I was in Dick's today and I saw that they had Connecticut sun Turvis cups. If you know what those are like those like travel mugs, which I thought was really cool. I don't think, and I think they had Connecticut sun t-shirts and I don't think off the top of my head that I've like paid attention to. I can recall a place like that having Connecticut sun gear, which I think is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I saw actually Connecticut Sun T-shirts in Target the other day, which is definitely the first time I've seen them at Target because I go to Target a lot. Ooh, definitely that <laughs> it
0: was Connecticut merch, so I thought that was pretty cool too. <laughs> and I do feel like these places wouldn't be stocking up on these sort of things if they weren't selling, right? Right. You yeah. figure. And back to our conversation from last week, I'm still very annoyed that DHgate doesn't have WNBA jerseys. <laughs> I am, very but I feel
1: less offended by it because I, the players just don't make as much money. So I I feel more inclined to spend the $100 to support players getting their cut than I do for an NBA player that makes
0: millions of dollars. <laughs> That's fair. But like, if it's a $10 jersey, just find their Venmo and Venmo them $10. And they fair. probably make more off that than they would yes, buying is- their jersey. This is true. <laughs> so you could buy, if even if they were 20 bucks, you can buy six jerseys for what it would cost to buy one. It would be dangerous, but it would be a possibility. <laughs> it would be very dangerous. Anyways, getting back to our storylines, I was just about to say the biggest mover, but we just mentioned that that was Tina Charles. One of the other big moves was Steph Dolson going from the Chicago sky where she won this past year's WNBA championship to the New York Liberty. What are your thoughts on her first season in the big apple?
1: I think it's going to be interesting. I think New York's a team that was definitely significantly better last season than they were two years ago, made the playoffs, have some good young talent, young talent that they're actually keeping so that's nice to see too um but one of their biggest holes was kind of at, at that five spot and adding a player like Steph Dolson that's had sustained success in that position in the league just coming off a national or a championship with Chicago I think she could be a really good fit there and I, mean, I think culture wise it's a good fit too um but I'm interested to see if that can take New York to a little bit of another level this year I think they're still probably in the bottom of the League in terms of teams that are going to make the playoffs they are probably still in that 78 spot, but maybe they can win a playoff game type thing this
0: year. Well, last season, I believe it was last season, the Liberty were the team that we were making fun of because they seemed to have absolutely no direction in what they were doing. They at least seem to have a plan now. They have a new head coach in Sandy Brondello, who used to be with the Phoenix Mercury. Making the playoffs seems like it would be a very big step forward for the Liberty.
1: They did make the playoffs last year.
0: Oh, maybe it was two years ago that we were making. Yeah, it for them yeah, it was two no years
1: ago. We made it last year. They had, you know, Kellany Wire was the, the rookie of the year, and they did make the playoffs. So, right, uh, but, yeah, winning a playoff game is kind of the next step.
0: Right, and Sabrina Ionescu was finally healthy, and isn't Asia Durr supposed to be back this year? Oh
1: yeah, Asia Durr is gonna be back, so that's that's a big thing.
0: So, yeah, fun. I'm really excited.
1: To, to see what the team does. It's a young team, but it's a successful young team. I'm like Indiana fever. <laughs> I can't
0: help it. Right. Just, yes. Just <laughs> the Indiana fever have taken the mantle from the Liberty as the team that has no clue what it's doing. So it's just going to grab as many rookies as it can and hope a couple of them stick.
1: Yeah. Whereas I think New York has built a roster of young players, but young players that work together and fit with it. It makes sense
0: and it works. <laughs> the liberty opened the season at home against the sun are you making that trip down
1: i thought about it i'm not this weekend i've got a lot of travel coming up the next few weeks so i'm gonna stay home but i i'm sure it'll be a fun game and a fun environment
0: i'm thinking about it i'm thinking it could be fun i've never actually been to the barclays center
1: I went down for a Liberty game last summer. I think it was like Fourth of July weekend or something, which is probably not the best time to go to a Liberty game because everyone leaves the city, so the crowd was not that exciting. But it was still a fun time. Um, I also I love their mascot. This is my obsession. I'm obsessed with their mascot. It's an elephant. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> I don't even think I knew that was their mascot.
1: Yeah, it's Ellie the elephant, like Ellis Island. It's, it's
0: very oh, cute. I like that. Okay, well now I need to look up their mascot. <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing in my head.
1: <laughs> it's so <Wow>. cute.
0: <laughs> and I that green equality jersey is just so good.
1: Yeah, I have been debating getting a Michaela Annowy on one for a while. I haven't done it yet, but I'm sure it will happen.
0: If I was no, if I was to get a second WNBA jersey, it would be one of those Mercury orange and purple gradient ones, but that would probably be number three on my list.
1: Yeah, I already have the purple and orange one. I do need a new sun one though, because I have one of the like cheaper ones. And it is a and McKay jersey and no she longer with the sun.
0: So yeah. <laughs> I figured John Quell Jones was probably the safest choice with the yeah. sun. So let's get into some rapid fire questions. I am going to fire questions at Megan. She is going to answer them the first one. I feel like the first one we always need to Throw in a disclaimer. The best player, not named Brianna Stewart, because if it was just the best player, Brianna Stewart's going to be the answer to this question for the next 10, 15, 20, maybe even like 75 years. So, who do you think is going to be the best former UConn player in the WNBA this season, not named Brianna Stewart?
1: I feel like it's going to have to be one of the two in in Phoenix. And I don't know if it'll be DT or if it'll be Tina Charles, but I think I would put my money on it being one of those two.
0: That feels like a safe bet. I feel like if FISA wasn't questionable with the pregnancy, yeah. she would be a pretty yeah. easy choice, right?
1: Yeah. If FISA was not pregnant and was going to be playing the whole season, it would have been no brainer to be FISA. But I, I mean, she's due May 22nd. I just, maybe she comes back for the playoff, but I, that's still a really, really fast turnaround.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm not going to make any judgments on when someone might come back from a pregnancy. That's absolutely not my field of expertise to <laughs> dive into there. I'm just
1: saying in general, it's not a lot of time. It's a short season. Like the season's going to be over. And I think early September for playoffs. So it's, it's, it's not much time.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for that one. Just to throw in a, uh, a little wrinkle who would be a dark horse for that outside of the two Phoenix players.
1: I could say, Dolson, New York, Tiffany Hayes, maybe in Atlanta, she's going to have a lot of opportunity, maybe even, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to Gabby on all these other questions, but maybe even Gabby.
0: I was feeling Tiffany Hayes. She's just been one of those really solid players for so long that. It feels like someday she's just going to have like this huge breakout season. Maybe that never gets replicated, but I feel like she'll have one.
1: Yeah. And there's a, was it, was it last year? Yeah. Last year I felt she was playing really, really well. And then she got hurt and it was kind of like, you know, she didn't get to kind of write it, that out for the whole season, but I think if she can come out, pretty sure that was last year. I, know, I have no concept of time anymore,
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't two years ago because she opted out of the COVID. Yeah,
1: yes. so I think it was last year. Um, like, so if she can come out and play like that, I think she's definitely going to have a case for it this year. She can play the whole season.
0: Who do you think is going to be the biggest surprise, either in a good way or a bad way?
1: If Olivia nelson adota, Makes the Sparks roster, which is a big if still. I could see it being interesting just because, like, their backup center right now is basically Shanae Gumake, who has not the best injury history. Obviously, I'm not wishing for a player to get injured. I'm just saying that there could be an opportunity there for her to get more minutes than people might have thought. Otherwise, I feel like people were so hyped up on like Lou having a breakout year last year following a really solid season in EuroLeague. And she didn't necessarily have that huge season for Seattle. But I also just don't think that was her role in Seattle. I think that could be a little bit more her role in L.A. So I think we could see a big year from Lou.
0: I was thinking about Lou and a change of scenery could do her good, especially a Sparks team that I think is going to be pretty interesting
1: yeah yeah i think it's it's a, it's a good fit for her i think it has a chance for it to be a big role she gets to go home too which is always nice so
0: yeah yeah for sure who is the most intriguing player in the league for the former huskies
1: i'm going with gabby williams here she's coming off obviously she had a big year at the french national team last year a really big league year in EuroLeague this year. She was of Four MVP for EuroLeague. I think that she could fill a really good role with, with Storm, and I'm really excited to see what she's going to do with them.
0: I think that's a good answer. I think I would recycle the Katie Lou Samuelson.
1: Also fair. <laughs> just
0: because, like – I'm just very interested to see what she does for her hometown team. I think that could be very interesting. Same with Olivia Nelson, Adoda. I think those two both kind of go hand in hand in terms of the teams. I feel like there's one of two answers here, but which team actually, no, we'll, we'll give you two answers or two, uh, two ways to answer this, which team with Yukon players or in a Yukon lens, are you most excited to see? Or are you most intrigued by this year and which team in general are you most intrigued by
1: so i'll answer in general first because that's an easier answer in general for me i think it's the sun because they've basically they've got courtney williams back now so they basically have everyone from that 2019 finals run but then they also have doana bonner like if everyone can stay healthy on that team it's very clearly a title contending team and i think they're gonna be a lot of fun to follow the season regardless of the fact that there's not a uconn player on the roster, or at least for now, there's not a UConn player on the roster. Um, In terms of from a UConn lens, I might go New York. I just, I think they're a team that's building in the right direction. And I think Dolson fills a good hole for them. And I'm, j- I'm just very interested to see
0: kind of like where they can get to this year. Okay. I think New York was going to be my pick regardless, but I love how in the non-UConn lens, you just go with the one team that doesn't have anything going on with UConn (laughs) whatsoever. It is a good pick though. Fair,
1: (laughs) but yeah, I just, the Sun are going to be really interesting this year. So for people in Connecticut, even if you're, you know, follow the league mostly for, for UConn players, the Sun are worth tuning into this year for sure.
0: As we're talking, I really want to go to that game now on Saturday. (laughs) You're
1: making me want to go to New York now. I'm like, I don't have time to go to New York this
0: weekend. (laughs) I've been going like nonstop since the start of October, basically, but specifically since the start of March. So, like, I could really use a down day to just, you know, relax a little bit. But how easy is it to get to the Barclays Center in terms of trains?
1: um well you have to train into manhattan first and then you'd have to take the subway it's probably like another 30 minutes on the subway i would say from grand central
0: okay maybe that's how i'll talk my way out of it is that it's going to be a giant pain to try and yeah
1: unfortunately getting to brooklyn you can drive though street parking is free in brooklyn
0: that sounds like my worst nightmare (laughs) really not that bad (laughs) someone that's driven into Brooklyn many times it's
1: it's... like Brooklyn is like suburb of New York like I wouldn't try to drive like two Barclays but like if you
0: drove closer I think you would be fine okay I also say this as someone who drove straight into Boston two days in a row for the hockey semifinals and finals which is probably infinitely worse than driving into Brooklyn
1: Yes, I mean, I prefer to drive in Manhattan, to Boston, because at least it's a grid and you know what's going on. Boston makes no sense.
0: No, and it never will. That's <laughs> Boston was designed to be as chaotic as possible, and especially like up where TD Garden is. Oh yes,
1: yeah, I've driven that area many times, and yeah, it's a whole disaster. I always get confused.
0: Yeah, that's like original Boston. Those were the that's same streets have, like, that all Paul reviewed
1: parts that go underground and stuff. So then your GPS doesn't know what's going
0: on. And it's, it's just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no, I would not recommend. Those were the same streets that Paul Revere rode on. <laughs> That's never a good thing to share with a road. How about postseason awards? Which players do you think have a chance to win and bring home a postseason award? Obviously, Brianna Stewart's going to be in the MVP mix. What about everyone else?
1: Yeah, I think we look at, I would say, um obviously Stewie but then uh DT, Tina Charles, Tiffany Hayes, all players that could be in the the all-league conversations for sure um maybe obviously not all first team but first team second team that conversation I think all of them are a part of. Gabby Williams I think definitely in the conversation for probably most improved player if she has a breakout season following kind of the last two years assuming that she's eligible for that, after not playing last year, I would still assume she's eligible. I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, Lou too for most improved, I would say. I don't really think anyone's going to be in the mix for for rookie of the year, unfortunately. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. fair. I mean, uh, yeah. it would basically be live, assuming she makes the team. Yeah, and
1: yeah, that just that feels like a stretch. There's just other rookies that are gonna have way more of an opportunity. Gabby Williams could be like a dark horse candidate to be like all defensive team. I don't know. I've always felt like she's a really solid defensive player and she can come out and be a bigger impact for, for the storm than she has been in the past. I I don't really necessarily think she's going to be there, but a dark horse candidate, I think for that.
0: Okay. Then lastly, of course, who's your pick to win it all?
1: Well, the storm, obviously. (laughs) I mean, I think it's probably my guess would be we're going to get a storm Connecticut finals and that the storm we're going to win it all for
0: last year. That would be awesome, both in terms of the storylines, in terms of the the viewing and in terms of that would be right here in Connecticut. So I could go to those games.
1: Yeah, exactly. Selfishly, I would also like that to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm big fan of that. I like the storm just because when Brianna Stewart's healthy, they win the NBA finals. And if she stays healthy, that's what they're going to do again this year. I don't know who they play. The Suns still need to prove that they're not. I mean, I can't even say that the Buffalo Bills of the WNBA because they haven't even gotten to the finals all the time. But they have to prove that they can actually do something in the playoffs. And they haven't really done that. So... I mean, they did get to, I'm,
1: they get to, took Washington to a game five in, in 2019.
0: That is true. But, you know, last year was pretty disappointing. Yeah. It's not great. I'm, yeah, we'll
1: see. They definitely have the pieces to, to get there. But yeah, it'll depend on how it all comes together. But I think good starting point is having everyone that you had in 2019 plus to one of honor it's a pretty solid
0: group yeah you know i agree and maybe last season's shortcomings will power them this year that's always possible
1: yeah and i think part of last year too was like they reintegrated Alyssa thomas kind of down the stretch and didn't exactly work out maybe as they hoped but it's what it is
0: on that note, that'll do it for this episode of Chasing Perfection. You can follow Megan on Twitter at Megan Gower. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel V. Connolly. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Tell a friend. Sign up for the UConn Women's Basketball Weekly. Read the UConn blog. Megan, what do you have to send us into the WNBA season?
1: Uh, tune into the start of the season this weekend.
0: That'll do it.